I'm talking about discovering the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Discovering the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is part two in our series. We began last week, and uh, we are continuing this week, and we'll still continue in subsequent weeks. Please, would you turn so long to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and today we will explore a further two gifts of the Spirit. Now, you might say, well, why only two gifts of the Spirit? Because I, you know, you could easily just, you know, glance over the gifts and quickly just give a little brief explanation about each one, but it doesn't sit deeper. It doesn't kind of rest into people's hearts. And so I'm not rushing the gifts because I believe that we need to give them adequate focus and attention. And if you have a means of making notes today, I encourage you to do so. So please turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as we explore these next two gifts. But this is the passage that every time we're gonna read, which speaks about the gifts. Probably the most well-known passage speaking about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse one through to 11. This is Paul the apostle. He's speaking to the church at Corinth and he's teaching about the gifts. Verse one says, now, concerning spiritual gifts, that's what we're talking about, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. On to verse four. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse seven says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, let me just stop there for a moment. I want to remind you, the Spirit of God wants to manifest Himself in your life and in the life of the local church, in the life of your small group, your life group that you're a part of. It talks about the manifestation of the Spirit. I believe that more and more we need to desire and expect and begin to see that God manifests Himself. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And now it begins to list all of the nine gifts. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom, gift number one, through the same Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge, that's number two, through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles to another prophecy, that's another gift, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And we say the Lord bless the reading of his word, amen? Now, this last little phrase that says, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I said it last week, I just wanna reiterate that some people use that to say, oh, 
Well, I don't believe that God has given me all sorts of gifts. I believe that maybe just one gift is something that the Lord has given me. Now, if you wanna do proper exegesis or biblical interpretation, you realize that Paul is speaking in the, within the context of a church gathering because there may have been like disorder in terms of how these gifts are flowing. And then he said, listen, basically, he's saying that you come together for a church gathering and not everybody's gonna operate in every gift. But in the context of this church gathering, one is stirred with a word of wisdom. The other one is stirred with the discerning of spirits. The other one has a tongue. They speak out this tongue and then there's the interpretation. And in that sense, in the context of a meeting, God is stirring in in different people and as those things are shared, great blessing is brought, brought onto the meeting. Why the gifts of the Spirit? Let me give you a few quick reasons. Why the gifts of the Spirit? They bring the manifestation of the Spirit into the natural. They bring the supernatural into the natural. They make us aware of the reality of God's power and His presence. Why the gifts? Well, they cause people to believe in the living God. So there could be a believe, unbeliever in the meeting and they experience the gifts and they suddenly say, wow, God is real. Why the gifts? They bring much needed revelation for effective Christian living. I like how God has got supernatural things to help direct and steer His body so that we can live more effectively because the gifts are in operation instead of having no gifts and living less effectively. Also, why the gifts? They cause the body of Christ to be built up and edified. And one last aspect that I've put here is that why the gifts? Well, they can even stir revival within a local church because suddenly God is moving in ways that haven't been experienced before. Now, we know that there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Last Last week, we looked at the first two, namely the word of wisdom and also the word of knowledge And today, we will look at the next two gifts and put good quality focus. So we're just looking at two gifts today, which brings me to point number one, the gift of faith. Please, would you say that out aloud with me? Here we go. The gift of faith. A little bit louder. The gift of faith. Now, this is one of the gifts that God has in mind for us. Do you want to learn about it? I believe you do. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse nine, we find where it refers to this gift. It says, to another faith. There it is, the gift of faith. To another faith by the same Spirit. Faith, in the Amplified Bible, it says, wonder-working faith. Some people have referred to this gift of faith as special faith. Now, I always like to have a little bit of a a nutshell definition of things, and and as I've been working through the the gifts of the Spirit and preparing, I've tried to find as effective as possible definitions of the gifts. And so how do we define the gift of faith? I would suggest this is a very good definition. It is the divine ability to remove mountains of difficulty or to do great exploits for God 
in response to his instruction. I believe that Warren's been mentioned again. How do we define the gift of faith? The divine ability to remove mountains of difficulty or to do great exploits for God in response to his instruction. That is it. And George Muller would be maybe a very good example of this. George Miller was a missionary and evangelist and he lived in the 1800s. But do you know that through his life and ministry, 10,000 orphans were cared for over a period of 60 years by George Muller. But the interesting thing is that he specifically never ever told people about his needs. He made a point of it. I'm not gonna tell, I need this and I need that and I need the next thing and so on. By the way, he would not have been a good TV evangelist appealing for finances these days. <laughs> That's a joke, all right? Just chill, just relax a little bit. Don't get nervous in the service, all right? And so he never told people about the needs, but he simply trusted God and God provided for all of those orphans over so many years, consistently and faithfully, what was it? I submit to you that it was the gift of faith in operation. And if that was the gift of faith, it can tell you that God can release a gift of faith where you will believe for something over many years, but it all starts with God releasing a supernatural special faith within you. Now, Something that's very interesting that I discovered in preparing is that the gift of faith, listen to this, is associated with moving mountains. It's associated with moving mountains. Now, if you look at just the next chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, verse one to two, just those first two verses, here it speaks about five different gifts of the Spirit. Now, there are nine gifts, but here, in these two verses, it just refers to five of the gifts. And let me just mention, because it also throws some light on the gift of faith towards the end. So it says here, 1 Corinthians 13, one to two, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, tongues of angels, poetically, that is speaking about the gift of tongues. Goes on to say, and though I have the gift of prophecy, well, that's self-explanatory. That's the second gift right there, prophecy. And understand all mysteries. What gift is being referred to there? That would be the word of wisdom. Because suddenly things are mysterious and you don't understand. God gives wisdom and explains exactly what it means. It goes on and says, and all knowledge. What gift is Paul referring to here? Yeah, he's referring to the word of knowledge. And then importantly, though I have all faith, that's the fifth gift listed here, the gift of faith. Though I have faith so that I could remove mountains. Now this tells us clearly from Scripture that the gift of faith is connected to removing mountains. I find that encouraging. And it's proven conclusively from Scripture. 
So do you see the connection? The gift of faith is associated with moving of mountains. And in your life, as you begin to desire and operate in the gift of faith, this should really stir us because this gift can allow God to use us very powerfully for His purpose and His plan in the world today. So if you've never seen this before, realize the gift of faith is associated with moving of mountains. Now, at times, we may face tremendous mountains. At times, we may face tremendous needs. It could be in your personal life. It could be in your business. It could be in a ministry that you run. You could face tremendous need. You could face a daunting situation. But in the midst of that situation, all of a sudden, God imparts supernatural faith to believe for breakthrough, despite the mountain being so big and intimidating. And you just begin to realize, it doesn't matter how big this mountain looks, God can do it. God can move this mountain. And I also just wanna say to you clearly, folks, not all mountains are meant to remain. (laughs) Not all mountains are meant to remain. I believe that sometimes, that in terms of mountains, God says, well, I'm not gonna remove this mountain. I'm gonna give you the grace to climb straight up it and over it. Or God might say, listen, I'm gonna direct you around this mountain but I believe in some t- sense, sometimes God says, this mountain will be removed. And when we're talking about removing mountains, we are not talking about taking geographical uh, you know, formations and removing them and chucking them somewhere else on the planet. Mountains represent difficulties, obstacles, barriers, problems that are in the way of you fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. And Jesus even said to us in Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, he will have whatever he said. So even Jesus was encouraging that his people would operate in faith so that mountains would be removed. Can I get an amen? A little bit of a louder one, amen. Okay, don't get too quiet on me, church, this morning. Now, just to clarify that the gift of faith is different from saving faith. Saving faith is what we need to be able to believe God for salvation. But the gift of faith is different. The gift of faith is special faith to accomplish special things. Now, let me give you a little bit of a story here of something that I experienced in my own life. Years ago, I was uh, 24 years of age and I was involved in a thing called Love Pretoria East, LPE. And this uh, pastor's network, a pastor's fraternal in the city. And the meetings, we'd meet every six or seven weeks and I can remember things weren't going very well. The numbers were dwindling, the leaders were discouraged and there was no vision and so on. And I can remember in the context of this, there were 17 of us in this particular meeting in a boardroom. And one of the pastors, one of the more senior guys got up and he said the following. He said, listen, it's clear this thing of LPE, this leaders network is not working. Guys, it doesn't help if we flog a dead horse anymore. Let's just shut this thing down. And as I listened to this, something arose within me. 
as a 24-year-old young pastor, I said, no, we cannot shut this down under no circumstances. God has a great purpose for this. And I spoke passionately, more passionately than I had spoken before in those meetings, and they, they kind of looked at me a little bit funny. <laughs> Gee, where'd you come from, but? <laughs> but you know what? Somehow God stirred something in that meeting. They agreed that at the next meeting, they'll appoint some people as a new little leadership team to, to lead this thing further. And I ended up being appointed as the coordinator of that network at 24 years of age. I don't know if they just thought, well, shame, let's just give it to this guy. It's a dead horse and let him just have fun with it or something. But you know what? God began to bless Love Pretoria East Pastors Network. God began to give us fresh vision, a new strategy. And suddenly the blessing of God began to come. Numbers began to grow and a momentum began to form. And God has caused that to be one of the most fruitful and thriving fraternals for many years in the city of Pretoria Tswani. Can we thank the Lord for that? Wow. It was so amazing what the Lord did. And I believe that God simply stirred a gift of faith within me. At the time, I didn't even know it. But I was filled with the Spirit. I believed that I was open to the things of the Lord. I didn't even know that it was a gift of faith, but God stirred that. And by God's grace, to Him be all the glory. 23 years later, that network is going strong and it's vibrant and it's powerful and it is bringing about unity in the city of Pretoria. But you know what? Some people will say, no, no, no. There's dead bones. These dead bones cannot live. <laughs> but I seem to remember a story about bones that were dead and God said that those bones were gonna live. Speak, son of man, and declare that these bones will live. Sometimes you can be looking at an impossible situation and you just know that God says it's not over, but there will come life. You could be looking at a marriage situation and people are telling you it's over, but somehow deep down within you, you know that it is not over and God stirs a gift of faith that this marriage can live and become healthy and well and become an example to many others. Let faith arise in this place. Another example of this is I remember Pastor Alan Platt and uh, years ago he was uh, pastoring, I believe it was in Kempton Park area. He was involved in an RKS church there and there was a little church in Pretoria, I believe it was called Corpus Christi, Brooklyn at that point in time. And so this church had been through ups and downs and, and they didn't know what to do and they were considering shutting down this church and sending off all the members in this church to other churches because it was a dead loss as, as they thought. But somehow in this process, they spoke to this pastor, Alan Platt, and they said, well, listen, would you be willing to you know, give, it, give it a go and just see, or, or should we actually shut this thing down? And Alan was stirred of God. A deep sense of belief arose in him, and he said, this thing must succeed, and this church will succeed. It went on to become known as Doxodeo Church, and God began to use Alan Platt to lead that church to go from strength to strength. And today as we speak, it is a powerful church that is in 10 cities around the world. Can we thank the Lord for that? 
And in a number of those cities, there are many campuses. I think in Swanee alone, there are nine campuses or something like that. And so it's just amazing. What was it? It was the gift of faith that was being released. And I wanna say that God can do the same thing through you. This gift is not only for pastors, it is for every spirit-filled believer in the body of Christ. This is yours. You can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Listen to this statement. The gift of faith can bring about miraculous and extraordinary things. One more little example. Earlier this year, I did share an example about uh, Reinhard Bonker. So, the Lord stirred Reinhard Bonker's heart to have a massive evangelism blitz across the entire United Kingdom. God said to him, Reinhardt, I want you to place a pamphlet of salvation in the home of every single, in, in every single home across the entire United Kingdom. Now, I wanna tell you, that is no easy task. That is a daunting task. But by the grace of God, Reinhard Bonker stepped out and he began to obey God and he used his Christ for All Nations ministry and somehow by the grace of God, they managed to fulfill that wild exploit for God and a pamphlet went into every single home in the UK. And so many people read that pamphlet, filled in the decision card after praying the prayer of salvation and came to Christ through that, wow. And I think, well, how is it all possible? Yes, God spoke to Reinhard Bonker, but I believe there was a release of a gift of faith. Because remember, the gift of faith is not only removing mountains of difficulty, but it is doing great exploits for God. And by the grace of God, it was done. Many, many thousands and tens of thousands of people were saved as a result of it. But what was it? It was a gift of faith. And God wants to use you in the gift of faith as well. Amen? I just wanna say this. Don't forget, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, dear child of God, they are supernatural. These gifts are not natural. They are, as the Bible says, the supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And so you cannot conjure up the gifts in your own good ideas or with your own little time of thinking about things. No, you have to rely and on the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in the gifts. You know what, and as the gift of faith is stirred in you, God can do dynamic and powerful things through you. And I wanna say to you, how about you ask God to use you in this way? How about you ask God? Now let me just tell you, in a moment like this, if you just in your heart say, yes, Lord, <laughs> use me in the gift of faith, God hears, He sees, and He responds. So I encourage you in your heart to say, yes, Lord, please use me in the gift of faith, amen? Good, on to the second and the final one. The gifts of healings. Please say this out aloud. The gifts of healings. Now, here's just a little random thought. It's free. If there is a gift called the gifts of healings, then healings must be for today. 
Some people mistakenly believe they are secessionists, okay? And they believe that the power of God stopped in the book of Acts and, and because he needed a bit of power to start the church and now that's over, now we operate powerlessly. I wanna say that is a lie from the enemy. Don't believe it. Realize that God anoints us with the Holy Spirit and power and just like Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, so can you and I be used of God. So healings are for today. Say that with me, healings are for today. Now, now tell the person next to you, healings are for today. Do that, healings are for today. Now, healings can take place in a variety of ways. And this is not an exhaustive list, but let me just mention them to you quickly. How can healings take place? Well, a person can be healed by personally believing the promises in, of, of God's word concerning healing. A person can be healed by the laying on of hands. Somebody lays hands on them, a believer, and they are healed. A person can be healed by calling for the elders of the church to anoint them and pray over them. The Bible says that the prayer of faith will save the sick, and if they've committed sins, they will be forgiven. But he has another way. A person can be healed by the operation of the gifts of healings. And this is merely one of the ways in which healing can take place. Now let's look at our core verse again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine, it says, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Now, I'd like to point out to you, do you notice the double plurals? Gifts, plural, of healings, plural. We'll get to that in a moment's time. But first, let's look at a simple definition of what are the gifts of healings. If you define them, I believe you can look at this statement as a great definition. What are the gifts of healings? It is the supernatural manifestation of healing power initiated by the Holy Spirit through one person to another. Quickly again. It is the supernatural manifestation of healing power initiated by the Holy Spirit through one person to another. Now, I believe that it's great to give practical examples because maybe you're listening today and you say, John, okay, all right, I understand the definition, but give me a practical example. Let me give this to you. Maybe you're attending your life group and you're having a good time together, you're praying together, and then you're going into a time of worship, and, and suddenly, during the time of worship, the Lord stirs in your heart. It's just a prompting from the Holy Spirit that the Lord says, I wanna heal someone here with a skin allergy. So immediately you think, now, is this God, or isn't this God? And you start to look around at the people in your life group, and you think, I don't see any skin allergies. They look all very healthy to me. But in faith, you step out. Maybe at the end of the song or the end of the worship, you say to the life group leader, can I just share something? And you say to them, I believe that God is wanting to heal somebody here with a skin problem, a skin allergy. And all of a sudden, person puts up their hand, yeah, that's me. Actually, for the last 10 days, I've been battling with a terrible skin allergy on my stomach. And you know what? Prayer takes place, healing is received, and what is it? It is the gifts of healing in operation. Another example, 
And this can often happen in a church service. And oftentimes you have seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation here. So we can be busy with the service and, and all of a sudden there's a prompting from the Lord and the pastor senses or maybe one of the leaders that has come to submit a word of the ministry mic or something, the pastor senses that God is saying that he wants to heal people with irregular heart rhythms. Now let's say the Lord spoke the word to the pastor and the pastor, he hadn't thought of it before the time, he or she, they hadn't thought of it before the time. It wasn't something that they planned. Spontaneously, God just said, heart rhythms. So the pastor gets up and says, those people who have heart, irregular heart rhythms, would you please stand? A couple of people may stand, maybe just one person, maybe 10, I don't know. And they pray over that person. God brings a release of his healing and all of a sudden, People are rejoicing because what God has done. What is it called? It's called the gifts of healings. Say that with me. It's called the gifts of healings. Does anybody desire the gifts of healings to operate in your life? Raise your hand if that's you. Amen. The gifts of healings. But you know what, folks? I've discovered when the Lord has used me in the gifts of the Spirit that there are promptings that take place. And many times at those promptings, you think, well, is it my own idea? But you know what? This is why we need to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit because as you sense that prompting and step out in faith, God will honor your step out, stepping out in faith and He will bring the results. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, under this aspect of gifts of healings, I wanna go into one very unusual but an interesting aspect. And it starts off with a question. Here's an important question. Why are they called gifts of healings, plural, and not gifts of healing, singular? If you have other translations in your Bible, I would submit to you the best original Greek translation is gifts of healings. So specifically I'm saying, why healings, plural, and not healings, singular? Well, Kenneth E. Hagen, Papa Hagen, who was mightily used of God in the gifts of the Spirit over many years, I mean, he must have gone to be the Lord probably 30 years ago. Kenneth Hagen answers this question and he says the following. He says, the Bible doesn't specifically say, but it may be that there are gifts of healings, plural, because there are different kinds of diseases and one gift wouldn't heal every kind of disease. I think there's a lot of merit in what he's, what he's saying. At the same time, let me say this, please don't make this into a doctrine. I just think it's something that is very interesting to take note of. But you know what, experience, as you look over people who've been used of God in healing over many years, experience does kind of bear this out. Because people that have often been used of God in the healing ministry, they often testify that they experience great success in praying for certain diseases, but maybe not always as much success in praying for other diseases. And Kenneth E. Hagen himself, he says he began to notice that. He began to notice that certain things like ruptures, growths, hernias or lumps, 
He says that those things were almost always healed when he prayed for people. He says sometimes it didn't manifest immediately. Sometimes it would need to continue on in prayer. But he said generally, for some reason, he always noticed that there was almost always people being healed in that. I think of the late Nicky Fanavestes and who went to be with the Lord years ago. And he was known as having remarkable breakthrough in praying for deaf ears. And time and time again, people with their ears would just pop open, pop open, pop open. I think of another example, and this is with my dad. My dad loved to pray for people's legs that were not equal in length. And often that's an indication of back problems, in particular lower back problems. And so I can remember my dad many times praying into this area and he would get a person. I remember one particular time in our house and I was a little, a little choker, five years old, and my mom and dad had been counseling with a certain lady and then she needed prayer for pro problems in her back. And so my dad got her seated on a dining room chair. He said, sit right back in the chair. And he just, he said, just put up, lift up your legs and just put them in my hand and I'm just gonna hold these legs. And then my dad said, uh, Johnny, come have a look here. Johnny, come have a look. By the way, do not call me Johnny, otherwise there's no more free coffee, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so there I am, a little five-year-old boy, and I'm looking at my dad, and he's praying for this lady, and I can see the one leg is shorter. And he says, put your hand on her as well, John. Johnny, you're gonna pray for her. And so as my dad prays, suddenly I start to see the, one la the, la the lady's leg begin to come out and it comes right into alignment with the other one, but then goes past. And I'm thinking, golly, this miracle went wrong now. You know, what, what is going on here? And, and then it started to go back into alignment. He said, just keep watching, just keep watching. And I said, yo, dad, I, secretly I'm thinking, my dad has got superpowers, this is amazing. But you know what? I saw this lady right there, her legs aligned perfectly. And then the, the, my dad said to this lady, listen, would you stand right now? And how does your back feel? And she said, it feels relieved, it feels so relieved. And God healed this lady just in that moment. And what was it? Could it be a special release of a gift of healing? Let me give you one more example. As I was thinking about these things, I thought of my own life. And I thought, John, is there a particular area where you have seen more breakthrough in healings than another? And I thought, yes. In praying for, for uh, couples to fall pregnant. By the grace of God, I have seen a lot of breakthrough in that area. And many times they come back to me afterwards and they say, praise the Lord, and this is the baby, and they show me the baby, and I just rejoice. Can we thank the Lord for that, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. About two weeks ago, a lady came right down to the front here after the service, she was on her own, and she said, could you please pray for me in terms of this area? And uh, needing to fall pregnant, I thought, uh, can I just check, are you married? <laughs> She says, yes, no, married my, okay, so we're praying for your husband and wife in a marriage situation, yes, okay. And to tell you the truth, I was excited to pray for her because I've often seen breakthroughs in that area to the glory of the Lord. Now, I want to encourage you, would you be on the lookout 
Because maybe there is a particular area, God wants to have us pray for all sorts of sickness and disease, but maybe there is a particular gift of healing that the Lord wants to use you in. And so then when you hear of people who have a condition like that, you just wanna lay hands on them because you know they're gonna be healed. Come on church, come on church, be stirred, be excited. And so be on the lookout because it can be so exciting as the Lord begins to do this. And I just wanna make a declaration over you as the body of Christ today and over all those that are listening and watching right now. And I wanna declare that God wants to release the gifts of healings across the body of Christ in this nation like never before. We declare that in Jesus' name. But you know where it all starts? It starts with desiring the gifts. And that leads me to my last verse. 1 Corinthians 14, verse one. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Say those three words with me. Desire spiritual gifts. Would you stand with me right now? We're gonna pray in closing prayer. And I wanna encourage you that you make a decision in your heart today to desire spiritual gifts, to desire the gift of faith, to desire the gifts of healings. It is for every single spirit-filled believer. Let's close our eyes. Father, thank you for today. Lord, this has been a blessed time at church. It's been so rich and full and full of your spirit. And we thank you, Lord. We receive your word concerning the gifts. And we pray that your word would find a resting place deep within us. That we would not just hear about these things and think it's wonderful, but that we would truly desire the gifts. Lord, forgive us for times where we have not desired the gifts. Lord, maybe for some of us here, we realizing, well, maybe we've never desired the gifts and we repent of that. And we say today, by the grace and the unction of the Spirit, we begin to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit because we want the manifestation of the Spirit in our lives. So use us, Lord. Have your way in us. And we say to you, be all the honour and the glory and the thanks. In Jesus' name. And we say amen and amen. Please give the Lord a hand of praise and say hallelujah. Amen. God bless you.